This podcast on 97.3 The Fan is brought to you by Hamul Casino, San Diego's closest casino. Real close, real friendly, real fun. Is everybody in? Is everybody in? Is everybody in? The ceremony is about to begin. I want to be able to make it wet with the cranberry sauce and the gravy. Who doesn't? Whatever, whatever floats your boat. That's really the goal on your Thanksgiving plate. You just need to make it wet. Everything on that plate can be kind of moistened. I like uh, to keep things kind of separate on my really. Plate. Yeah. Oh, I like I like everything mixed. I used to be that way. No food touching food was like. My mantra when I was a kid. I bet. Food can't touch food. You should take your plate, put it in a Nutribullet, and then just drink it. Now I'm almost to that level, though, on Thanksgiving. <laughs> it's like, I want the sweet mixed with the savory, mixed with the gravy, the hot mixed with the cold, everything all together. Weird that I don't eat gravy. Surprising, if you look at me, that I don't mainline gravy. I don't. <laughs> I don't like gravy of Have really you had any kind. too much bad gravy? Bad gravy is bad. But good gravy, oh, it's good gravy. Just don't I like to it. moisten it with the cranberry sauce and the gravy. <laughs> I don't still like it. Brown gravy, I like a little better than turkey. A little gravy. better, yeah. But once you get little floury lumps, you don't do it it's right. Hideous. You got to stir constantly. Absolutely hideous, hideous. But I always we have good gravy, and good gravy is very good. Can't wait! I'm so hungry. I just told Polly to order burritos. I'm starving. I'm starving right now. This sucks. Turkey burritos. I hate when we talk about food because it just kills me every time. Yet here we are every, we are every single, single morning. Every morning, mostly him. It's mostly him. Who did we interview? Yesterday? I like talking about food. Oh my god! And 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 it just gets me every time. We got uh, Nick Martinez joining us at 835. Excited about that. Probably have mouthfuls of burritos. We talked to him. So, Nick, this is a really creative deal that you got. Uh, We've never talked to him, so it'll be fun to catch up. I wonder what the feeling is like. You know, Nick Martinez had to go through a pretty unusual road to make it to to the big leagues. I mean, he got to the big leagues, but then his career wasn't really going anywhere. So he said, I'm going to bet on myself. We're going to Japan and see if I can reinvent myself. He did. You know, added pitches, added some velocity, the changeup has come back, and after one season, he has basically, I mean, set himself up now. You know, even the minimum amount on this contract is guaranteed to be, what, $26 the absolute minimum he can make over the next three years. amazing, man. You can live the rest of your life, you know, if you're certainly, you know, just you don't spend everything all at once. You can make twenty six million last forever. Yes, and you for no your problem. kids too. Yeah, yeah absolutely, no problem there. So just the knowledge that he made that decision, he gambled on himself, and it's now paid off. And that's something that that he is not going to have to worry about the rest of his life. I mean, what kind of feeling is that today? It must be incredible. Yeah, that, and I want to ask him how close, you know, it actually got to an, another team and if he's willing to share that information. And uh, I want to ask him about the process, you know, really his first kind of 
foray into this having some leverage as a player, right? I mean, you have a lot of leverage. You don't have a lot of leverage when you're coming out of Japan. They're like, yeah, hey, we'll give you a look. You're going to have to earn your way. And it's not like they're making peanuts, Benny. Even if you make the league minimum, it's still a damn nice salary. But knowing the potential of what you could make, oh, my God. And then to to reach that potential, to be a guy that's sought after and a guy that, a, that half the teams in baseball would take today. Now, the key also is once you've once you've made it and you're set, how do you keep that fire? Absolutely. That hunger that you have to work just as hard or harder than you work to get there. Not a guy. To, to stay there and to excel. Not a guy I worry about. Not really. Just no. based on not knowing him at all, but based on just watching how he competes. I think that dude, for him, Ben, the action is being on the field. That's what he loves the most. He is one of the most demonstrative players the Padres have. I would venture to say probably the most demonstrative pitcher uh, that we have on the roster. And and the dude is a competitor, fired up to be out there, and uh, love love to see him when he takes them out. And, and the trust that Bob Melvin showed in him last year was, I thought, pretty remarkable, and he earned it. Yeah, and uh, who knows what else he might be able to new wrinkles kind of add as a starting pitcher and in terms of adding to the repertoire a little bit. Sure. Yeah, obviously, the the, the changeup really played well in the bullpen this year. God, it was in good. high leverage situations, oh. too. That was the Woo. impressive part. Mama. He could face the you know the heart of the order, the, the tough guys in the lineup, and you felt pretty good, righty or lefty. Nick Martinez had a, had a good chance to get him out. What, he had like 11 innings, one run in the postseason? Uh, all... All of it coming in really critical situations. Just massive. Massive. So it's how you earn the nickname, Big D Nick, and uh, we're going to have him on at 835. Looking forward to that, absolutely, uh, here on this day before Thanksgiving. So uh, last night, San Diego State against Arizona at the Maui Invitational. Uh, yeah, they uh, they suffered the loss, and, and Arizona beat them. We talked about it earlier, though. Not something for me that I, I hit the panic button about. I'm not saying, oh, well. I guess we've found the ceiling for San Diego State basketball this year. I think too many fans hit the one loss and they go, oh, well, you know, hey, they're maybe a top 20 team, but they're not a, a top 10, 15 team because they can't beat Arizona. I, I did not see it that way last night. They got beat by a good team. They didn't play a particularly good game. They certainly didn't shoot well. Arizona absolutely did. Um, I don't think that you play Arizona every single time like that, that they are going to make 60% of their shots. San Diego State usually holds opponents to under 40%. Arizona shot over 60%, uh, nearly 50% from three-point range, Who's 45%. The, 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 the Texas transfer that was suspended? Ramey. Was, Ramey. Ramey. Oh, my, he didn't, miss, didn't miss a three-pointer all game. He's a good-looking player. He man. made more. On, he was five Ooh. for five. The entire San Diego State team Made three yeah. and missed seventeen. That one guy alone uh, was the difference in the in the ball game for Arizona. He was absolutely on fire. I thought the Aztecs did a pretty good job against the other a uh, big three point shooter, Kurt Kresa, Um Especially early in the game, they they locked him down pretty good. But Ramey absolutely destroyed him. And then those big guys are going to be a problem for every team every Arizona team. faces. Yeah, no doubt. I, they I, are I... seven feet tall. They're talented. They're athletic. There's very few teams in college basketball that are going to be able to stop both of them on on any given night. Uh, certainly, no reason to panic. You know, this early in the season, Ben, you're gonna you're gonna be in the top 25. You're gonna be in the top 20, um, and then you know you got another really nice resume building game again tonight. And you've played well. You've you haven't played the the Patsy opponents this season. So, all in all, man, I think there's a, still a lot to be excited about with this team. They just didn't. They couldn't shoot last night. Nothing was dropping. Tonight's game against Arkansas is one of those games where I think coaches have to play a role because 
This is a, a letdown game for both teams. It's also like it's also like managing your bullpen after your yep. bullpen has been really really cashed uh, for the last you're tired, two games. Yeah, you're emotionally beat. down. Yep. Which coach can find a way to keep their team playing at a high level, playing with energy, treating the game with the import that it has? And I also made the point earlier that. Yeah, third place game always feels like, you know, something they call it a consolation game. And for the most part, we treat as fans, we treat consolation games as pretty unimportant well, affairs. What do we call them? They're in the losers, losers bracket. bracket. The bracket for losers. It's it's an invitation at least for us as fans to not pay attention, to not care about a game because it's not for the title. But you can't do that but in college this basketball. Is, you just can't. The 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 artificial construct of the Maui Invitational doesn't mean anything at the end of the season when they look at NCAA tournament resumes. They simply look at the opponents you've played, how you did against them, your metrics against those opponents. And today, San Diego State will play their highest-ranked team uh, probably of the season when they face number 9 Arkansas. So in in essence, you could make the argument that this is the most important non-conference game that the Aztecs will play on their entire schedule today. Yeah, you call it a consolation or third place game, but that is not what it is when they sit in that committee room and decide seedings in the NCAA tournament. It'll be a game between number 17 San Diego State, number 9 Arkansas, and it will carry weight at the end of the season, how they do in this game. So you can't treat it as anything other than one of your most important games that you'll play this year. Forgive my ignorance here. Uh, how important is our style points in college basketball? Not just the strength of resume, but, I mean, you lost last night by what, 17? 17, yeah. 17. Does that hurt you? I mean, would you like it to be closer? Sure. Sure. Okay. It, there's, you know, they, they use the you metrics, with them. The, the Ken Palm rankings. The Aztecs went down. I think they were... As high as 13, it went down to 19. Still, nothing wrong with being top 20 in the metrics. There's a bit of an eye test fact. You got reg- you know, real people are in that room at the end of the year, and if they watch the game, they'll they'll you know they'll remember how you played and whether they thought you were competitive or not against a certain opponent when they're deciding on seed. So in that sense, there is a there's a style factor to it, but it's not like the Aztecs lost by 40. It's not like they were you out had of the, the lead game. They had the, the lead in the half. second half. Yeah, it, yeah I, I didn't think the Aztecs were hurt on style points necessarily. They just didn't make their shots. Yep. Anyone watching that game saw, oh yeah, one team was making their shots, the other team wasn't. They didn't see one team that belonged in, you know, in the Maui Invitational and another that was a fraud or a fake. That's not the that was not the narrative from last night's game. At least not the one that I saw. Maybe some of the tweeters out there felt that and you saw some pessimism and negativity, but I, I think that was misplaced. You had more crap calls too. Really, really bad. Did have a couple of bad ones again, especially, and and I don't think it was nearly as egregious as the night before, but the timing of the missed calls, just brutal for San Diego State. They They had fallen behind again by double digits in the second half. It looked like they were building some momentum. You thought you had a steal. You thought you had a couple of stops. That was all ball. And that yeah, it was chan- all ball. Chance to cut that lead down to six or four again. Totally different game. Instead, totally it's, different game. Instead, it's 14 or 16. I mean, the difference between a four-point game and a 14-point game, massive in the second half of a college basketball no game. Question. So those missed calls, and they were missed calls, just happened at a really inopportune time for San Diego State last night. 
What happened in the first game that was made it so great? It was uh, Creighton, yeah, Creighton and Arkansas. Uh, just Again, a, it was kind of a, it was a pick, really good game. Cray- game. Creighton played really well in the first half. Felt like it was never more than like a five point lead. Uh, but, but Arkansas kind of held tough, and then Arkansas played really well in the second half. They took the lead a few times, but Creighton like took the punches, battled back, and you know they shoot. Both teams had some shooters. Both teams had really good players. Uh, yeah, you'll see both of those teams likely playing. Sweet 16, Elite 8 type basketball, I would think, at the end of the season. And I think San Diego State could very well be at that same level as those teams. I mean, all four of those semifinalists in Maui would not surprise me to see them as four of the final 16 teams left in college basketball at the end of the season. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, it was. uh, what's the game tonight? What time? So um, the championship game is actually at 2 o'clock. They get the early start on ESPN. Creighton against uh, Arizona, and then the third-place game is at 7 o'clock tonight on ESPN2, San Diego State against Arkansas. Gotcha. So, yeah, um, you know, you get a primetime game at least. And then uh, we heard last week they're going to stay in um, Maui Maui for Thanksgiving and then come back after that. Call that the Ben. Extra day in Maui for Thanksgiving. This is called the Ben, the Higgins. As opposed to being like travel day. You don't want to travel on Thanksgiving. You want to be there wherever you're going to be. Don't you want to be with your family? Yeah, it's college basketball season. I doubt they were. I doubt they were all going home, home anyway. Yeah. It, you know, it's right in the middle of the little, little breaking NFL news. You see this? No, saw that. Uh, Jets quarterback Zach Wilson has been benched this Ooh. Sunday, per league source Adam Schefter. First report will not get to start Ben against the Chicago Bears. So uh, the five and two, by the way, Jets quarterback who's the backup Mike White. What's his name? It's a great question. Or you can go no, with it's Joe Flacco. Flacco yeah. the third. I think Flacco's their third stringer the third. right now. It's amazing. Yeah, they benched him. Woo-hoo-hoo. Number two overall draft pick. God, that feels like... Doesn't that feel a little college to you? A little bit? Uh, you know, in terms of like a panic decision, maybe a little bit. But I would imagine that the Jets coaches... The only reason you make this decision is because you think there's someone else who gives you a better chance to win. You don't make it to make a point. Are you, you don't sure? make it to... Are I don't you think you sure? made it to appease a fan base. Five and two? You put in the guy you think is the best quarterback that gives you the chance to win the game. How about the guy with the best record for the low, you know, traditionally low? And I'm not, I'm playing devil's advocate here because I, look, it's the NFL. These guys are professionals, right? If a guy makes a bad comment in a press conference, the only thing, and I am extrapolating here like a madman, the only thing I can think of is that they went to him and were like, hey, man, like, is this really how you feel and he's like yeah that's how i feel i'm i'm great i'm great don't worry about me and and they're like all right fine they it, it feels collegey to me as with any team sport the record goes beyond just how one person performs no question about it you could be the worst quarterback in the world and, and still be have a winning and record yeah. you got a great defense i mean you know trent dilfer won a super bowl you don't have to be great you didn't kill them in in five of those seven games there's oftentimes, though, a better option. He was, I mean, they showed, and again, it was really windy, but they showed some of the, the throws that he missed, Ben. And I'm talking, I'm talking screens, right? Like screens that he just blazed over guys' heads and stuff. And um, I saw an interesting comment from one of their wide receivers. I can't remember which one it was, but he said, they asked him about the difference in Zach Wilson, the way he throws the ball, and Joe Flacco. And the receiver said, he goes, oh, Joe throws a very receiver-friendly ball. He knows when to take something off or to put something on. Like if I'm running a curl, he zips it in there. If I'm running, you know, uh, a fade, he knows how to throw it. Like 
he's still learning, Zach Wilson. He's learning a lot, and this week has been probably a really tough week for him. But I just wonder, man, that's that's weird to me that uh, they're going to make that switch. So, uh, yeah, uh, it's uh, Sunday's game against the Chicago Bears and the ESPN definitely reporting now. Zach Wilson is not starting. I haven't seen whether it's uh, it's Flacco or not as as the choice. So I guess they'll they'll announce that at a later time. There's your Jets talk for the week. You know, we don't get a lot of Jets talk. Here in San Diego. It's been the most exciting thing I think that's happened to the Jets in a long, long time. Is Zach Wilson saying no in a press conference. I, you know what? I'll tease it. I saw an amazing tweet thread from Ryan Leaf to a Jets fan yesterday. Could have done it and do do this. Yeah, it actually. was pretty funny, actually. Uh, we'll get that. Nick Martinez is going to join us at the bottom of the hour. Do not miss anything on this show. You never want to miss anything. This segment brought to you by the Golf Mart, and we're back after traffic on 97.3 The Fan. the inside story not the outside story then you need to join the crew podcast with nfl insider josina anderson former nfl quarterback fred smoot and actor morris chestnut each week players and celebrities join the crew giving you a peek behind the curtain as they offer real talk on the headlines across the nfl follow the crew in the free odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts i like morris chestnut sharp dude what's he been in he was in uh the wood boys in the hood fantastic he played Ricky in Boys in the Hood. You'd know him if you yeah, saw him. Yeah, you'd know him if you He's amazing. Was he in the wood? I didn't even know what the wood was. Was he not in the wood? I thought he was. I'm looking, I'm looking. No, he wasn't in the wood. He was in Boys in the Hood, though. Amazing. Ricky. You never saw Boys in the Hood? I don't believe I did. Oh, my God. They're the same age. What were you doing in 1991? Homework, probably. Probably, yeah. <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah. Studying. I was watching movies. Uh, you know that often overused, tired internet phrase, the worst person you know makes yeah, a great, a great point. point. <laughs> this one is uh, one of my least favorite people makes an unbelievable dig on Twitter. Yesterday, uh, Jets fans, unhappy with the recently benched Zach Wilson, as we just told you about, uh, one of them, a troll, went on Twitter and said, he was in disbelief that their favorite team picked Mormon Ryan Leaf oh, God. as the draft pick. Okay. So Ryan Leaf, the former Chargers quarterback, responded, yes, you can. You're the Jets. It's what you do. Then that, I mean, the guy went nuts just because Ryan Leaf had the audacity to come back at he, Jets fan, said, shut the bleep up, and Leaf, you're worse than a Mormon that can't throw a ball straight. And then Ryan Leaf, with one of the great responses that you'll see on social media, 
says, I've had a better life than Jets fans the last decade, and I spent three of those years in prison. <laughs> Respectfully, of course. God. Pretty much the last word on that one. Yeah, that'll get you. <laughs> that will get you. It's nice to drop the hammer sometimes. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Room Ryan Leaf has to be talking about things. No, but that is, you know. That's a good response. His job now. Yeah. He seems to have turned things around. Yeah. It's been a, several years since we've had a. A setback type incident involving Ryan Leaf. Maybe yeah, I need really, to really hasn't start reevaluating. Been a couple of years. Is that how many years? Yeah. It's been a few. Yeah. Yeah. Not. He's never going to be on my Christmas card list. Let's just say that. And I doubt you're on his. Probably not. Right. It's fine. It's the way it goes. You're on mine, nice. though. But I can, I can still acknowledge something that was cl- clever and creative. Yeah, you can still tip your hat to that. I think that's important. I think we have gotten sh- to the point, especially you look like politics and stuff. Oh, yeah. Like, you can, no matter how good someone's point is, if they're on the other, other side You're like, you, I'm not listening. You can't acknowledge. You just have to say, well, that's the dumbest thing ever. Well, sometimes people you disagree with have good points, and we should really listen a little bit more carefully because not everyone is wrong all the time and not everyone is right all the time, yet we act as though only one side on anything can be right on any issue, and that there's no room for any other viewpoints other than the one that your your side is on. And that's just not how life works. I think we can all do that. I get that way about baseball sometimes. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, no, you're wrong. You're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. I just, the prognostication of baseball is the tough part. This Like, the the, well, this is what happened this year, so that's what's going to happen next year. That's the tough part for me. It's, I mean, if you're you just, if you're bad, if you just have a bad take machine, yeah, bad picks, bad predictions, you're probably getting things wrong, what, 75% of the time? Yeah. That still means you're going to be dead on right 25% of the time. And you have to acknowledge that even people... Like Colin Cowherd, he gets about 25% of his exactly. picks right. But you, you feel like if you ever agreed with him, like, oh, hell, you love Colin Cowherd, you agree with that guy? Yeah, occasionally I do. Sure. Occasionally I do. And and that goes with other pundits as well, yep. but I'll disagree with at times. No one's wrong 100% of the time. I'm trying to think. You're Skip doing, Bayless is pretty close. Sorry. Even Skip Bayless has his moments. Even Skip Bayless yeah, has you his don't, moments. Yeah, you don't get to that high by being wrong 100% nope. of the time. I think it's just the way people handle things sometimes. That's true. You know, it's just the way they, they say it, the way they the way they get upset. Oh, well. We got Nick Martinez coming up next. All right, let's, uh, let's take a break. We'll get Nick on the line. He's got a new deal with the Padres. It's three years. He's going to make his Ben and Woods morning debut coming up next on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. Imagine it's going to be a very happy holiday around the Martinez household. No welcome, question. Welcome back to Ben and Woods on 97.3 The Fan, home of the Padres. And let's just get right to it. Joining us on our premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad fan hotline, fresh off signing his new 
A three-year deal, a little more complicated than that. We can get into some of that. But uh, <laughs> bottom line, he's back with the San Diego Padres. Nick Martinez is with us here uh, with Ben and Woods. Nick, it's great to have you on this morning. Congratulations. Thanks, guys. What's going on, man? Thanks for having me. It's our pleasure, man. I can't believe it's the first time we've actually gotten a chance to uh, talk to you after such a great, great year. i got to imagine, man, uh, that was a pretty, you know, we knew about it for a week or so that it became official yesterday. So first yeah. and foremost, congratulations on the new deal. Got to feel great. Pitch, basically pitching yourself uh, into a, a big contract. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, a lot goes to, you know, how, how well, um, you know, the team is, how much fun we had last year, the, the guys uh, the guys in that clubhouse uh, make it real fun to play. And then, um, you know, the coaching staff, training staff, um, you know, they're, they're really fun to work with. Uh, the communication uh, with Ruben, Bob, and Fritzy have been, you know, was, was tremendous last year. And, and the training staff, um, you know, working with me, um, you know, basically every day to, to make sure I'm healthy and and um, able to compete every single day. And, um, you know, and then you talk about the fans, um, you know, the love they have for, for the Padres and uh, how much support we, we've had. Um, and me specifically throughout the year, man, it, it just felt like a no-brainer, man. I'm just I'm pumped to be back. Now, it sounded like you were talking with the team, and then they had the deadline, so you did opt out of your contract. People were a little nervous. Uh, is he going to be gone? What was that process like for you, just kind of going through it here? Yeah, you know, we, we, we kind of did, didn't come up with an agreement right before the deadline, but, um, you know, the intention was always, uh, you know, to sign with the Padres. That was our first priority, and, um, you know, we were able to get something done shortly thereafter, um, which is important. So, um, you know, we, we obviously, right as soon as I opted out, you know, we had a lot of teams calling, but, uh, again, my priority was, was always the Padres, and um, I didn't really want to miss out on that opportunity. So it, that leverage that you got, you know, listen, I mean, you you were well-traveled. I was just looking at your your stats and, and, you know, some time with the Rangers, but, you know, over in Japan, the whole thing, you, you've moved around quite a bit, uh, which is not uncommon in the game of baseball, mm-hmm. Nick, certainly. Um, but, man, it's got to feel good to, to land a deal where you know that you could potentially be for the next three years. But, you know, that process, when other teams start to call, I you know, it's happened to, to us in the radio business. Your mind does wander yeah. for a second. You're like, I wonder what that could be like. So, you know, the money's great, obviously, but was it the city, the team that really brought you back? Yeah, I think it was. You know, when I um, – I was a little nervous when I opted out because, um, you know, I didn't I, – I just leaving San Diego, I, I didn't I didn't want that to happen. You know, I, I, really, wanted to, I really wanted to come back. And, um, so when other teams were calling and – it, it could have been a very real possibility where I, where I, I was going to play somewhere else. And, um, you know, at first it, it wasn't really sitting well um, in my stomach. And then, um, you know, we came to um, to an agreement that, that I think is, uh, you know, fair for both sides. And, um, you know, we, we jumped on it. And so, um, but certainly it was definitely, you know, the city, the fans, um, the guys in that clubhouse is, is definitely what brought me back. Nick Martinez is with us. Uh, Padres certainly have a need now in their starting rotation. Uh, you've said before you'd you'd like back to to starting, and, and it looks like you'll definitely get that opportunity. Were you at all worried though, given how successful you were in the bullpen, <laughs> that the Padres or any other teams would got? Why would we want him to do anything else? I mean, he was he was pitching so well out of the bullpen. That's a great role for him. Is that is that something you wanted to avoid getting pigeonholed into? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I feel like, uh, at the time, especially after the, I think throughout the season last year and, um, you know, in these negotiations, the Padres always knew that I could start. 
um, you know, AJ's had a, an eye on me since my days at Texas and, and my pitchability, and um, he's been able to see me grow. And um, Bo Mel has seen me, you know, kind of bounce around from starting to reliever when I, when I played against him uh, with Texas. And so um, he's definitely seen some growth there as a, as a starter. And, um, and then, uh, you know, looking at myself, I have, you know, the, I'm always going to bet on myself and, um, you know, believe that I can I, that and fill that role as a, a, for a whole season. I think last year we just ran into a, a situation where we have we had starters and given that I've, I've kind of done um you know various roles with different uh like the place and and again uh, um you know I'm not completely closing that door because we we get into the playoffs again um you know I, I want to win a world series bad and I've, I've made that very clear to, to AJ and um you know whatever we need to to put a ring on that finger um I'm game so um, you know, whatever it takes, right? Was there any talk, Nick, um, of starting one of those games against the Phillies in the NLCS, uh, you know, whether it be just for a, a short start? Did they get you ready for that, or was that never in your mind going to be an option? Uh, you know, I think I, I think they did a good job of keeping me built up in case I needed to go multiples, and we saw that there in, in what was it, game four or game three? Right. Game three or four, uh, That that my last outing against the Phillies, I think, you know, we saw where I was, I, they kept me built up enough to be able to go. Um, I think the uh, the plan after that, I, I wasn't sure. Obviously, we, we didn't make it to the next round. Um, but, again, I felt I felt like I was built up enough where I could have given them, you know, 60 pitches from then on. Um, if they needed me to start, uh, we didn't have that conversation. But, um, you know, had we had moved on, you know, maybe I, I, I would have tried to convince them a little bit, like, hey, you know, let, let, me, let me get a crack at it. But, um, you know, I, I think, again, we were – we we were rolling with with the role that I had, and so um, didn't really want to change something last minute, right? Talking to Nick Martinez here on uh, Ben and Woods this morning, and something you know we certainly got to experience as fans uh, in the ballpark. But for you guys, man, the team that that had such a really, I mean, it was a magical season. You know, taking down the Dodgers uh, was was massive, and and it was so much fun to be a part of as a fan. For you guys, man, in the clubhouse, um, the electricity of those playoff games. I just try to describe it uh, a little bit for us. What were the nights before the games like? What were the day of games like for you? Because I know you're you're a demonstrative guy. We heard about your yeah. uh, pregame routine and all that <laughs> this year. So I got to imagine, man, there was a lot of pacing going on. A lot, a lot of pacing going on. You know, I think the best way to describe it would be, you know, we got that monkey off our back there in yep. the playoffs, and we, you know, they they've been kicking our butts all all you know season long, and so, um, you know, and and you know, for most of the season, um, you know, we we were getting beat pretty bad. You know, whether they were just outright, you know, playing better than us, and 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 other times where we were kind of beating ourselves throughout the year. But if you take a look at if you take a look at the last series at home before the playoffs against that team, and now we didn't we didn't win the series. But every game was one nothing tie game to the eighth. Uh, I think we ended up winning an, another. We I think we lost a one run game. Um, we we won a, we won a one run game, and then um, the the other game I think one game wasn't really close, right? And so or or I think it was like three runs. But that series right before the playoffs, um, I think we we were playing them a lot different. We, I think we already had that playoff mentality and and that kind of that dog like mentality, and we played them a lot tougher. And I think that momentum carried us into into the playoffs, and and we were ready to battle, man. We were ready to get after it, and, and we came out on top there Spe- in that in that in that NLDS. Speaking of that pre- pregame routine, I know a lot of athletes will do a like an energy shake or a protein drink where they mix it together with the 
water or whatever and then drink that before the game. But I saw the report where you do that, but you don't actually mix in the water. You just take the dry powder yeah. shot before yeah. the game. Yeah. Isn't that a little gritty? How do you get that down? Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of chewing, and uh, your mouth is dry there for a little bit. But uh, I don't I don't want to dilute it. You know, I want I want all that. I want all the rage I can. <laughs> well, I mean, now you can you can do whatever you want. You got that contract, and um, I know for I've know I've seen enough professional athletes and covered it enough to know that it's actually not about the money for most of them. They're they're competitors. They want to win. The money is just kind of a nice side benefit. As fans, we always dream, wouldn't it be great to sign one of those big contracts? When Now that you've done it, though, and you've kind of locked it in and you're, you're set, what's that feeling like knowing, hey, I can take care of my family. I don't have to worry about it now. I, you know, I've gone through the minor leagues. I've put in the work. That's something that I can now put to the side and focus totally on you know, just being the best version of myself and, and winning games for the San Diego Padres. Right. Yeah, that, that's a mentality you take right now. You know, I think as athletes, you know, once we have that security, and it works differently for, for guys, but, you know, I, for myself, I feel like, okay, I, you know, my family's taken care of now. Now I can, you know, put all my energy into winning ball games and what whatever it takes to win. Um, I think it allows me to, to be more aggressive, to bet on myself, to take chances. And a lot of times when we're not playing timid like that, uh, when we're playing aggressive, uh, we're playing now um, for more of the love of the game and, and wanting to win, I think the best comes out in us. And so, um, you know, there's guys that, you know, in our or pre-arb and arbitration, they're worried about that contract year and worried about this, and they're kind of focused too much on stats and, you know, what they're doing and what they're not doing. Uh, I think that puts, a, that puts um, an unnecessary amount of stress um, into the game and, um, you know, once, once, you know, guys have been blessed with those contracts, they're like, all right, man, let's, let's play some ball, man. Let's, let's win some ball games and, um, let's see what happens. I think it, it brings that joy back for me personally. Uh, talking to Nick Martinez here on Ben and Woods and, uh, last one for me. What does the off season look like for you? I know that, uh, when you leave, you know, there's exit interviews and this is what we want you to work on and blah, blah, blah. Are you, are you working on, you see a lot in the off season guys, uh, hey, you know what? I'm going to try this. I'm going to add a cutter or I'm going to learn how to throw a splitter, yeah. uh, whatever. Are you working on anything? And when, if so, when does that work start for you in the off season, Nick? Uh, man, I've been working already for three weeks, man. Um, you know, I've been in the gym. I, I, I usually just take a week off uh, week. from the gym. Um, yeah, a week off from the gym. And then when I get in the gym, it's uh, the beginning phase is really a lot of stability, um, a lot of band work to strengthen up those tendons throughout the body, um, a lot of balancing to, you know, to, to kind of recalibrate the, the, the body and the balance and all that stuff. And then um, from, throw, from a throwing aspect, um, I took 10 days off. And then I just started throwing plyo balls just to keep the keep the arm moving, right? I, I didn't want to, you know, when I was younger, I would take like a month off of throwing, sometimes a month and a half or whatever, and then I would feel like, my arm would feel like a baby giraffe learning to walk again. I'd be like, what is going on here, you know? <laughs> and so I just keep the arm moving, you know, I just take 10 days off, keep the arm moving, keep it feeling good, not very low intensity, just, just the plyo balls, certain drills there. And that way, when I'm when I'm able to ramp it up, I can work on those things that I want to work on, whether it be mechanics, um, pitch design. Um, you know, obviously this year with some of the new rules, um, I'm going to dedicate a lot of time to to that slide step and and uh, you know making sure that my my pitches are are just as, as just as sharp um, from the wind up and from a regular um, stretch leg kick to now let me let me get that that slide step going so I, I guys don't you know 
take advantage of the of the, the pitch clock and sure. um, steal some bases off me. Lastly, what's a Martinez Thanksgiving like? Favorite dishes? Anything like that? Uh, we got we got on my dad's side. They do an American tradition. We're we're all Cuban all over the place, but we we uh we we do an American um, style Thanksgiving um, uh, during the day, and then at nighttime we do uh, maybe a, a Cuban or Latin style Thanksgiving. And um, it's hard to choose. I'll tell you that. What, uh, what kind of food um, is in the Cuban be, Latin good. style? I want to know. We do like a lot of uh, you know rice and beans. Um, you know, a pork. We we'll do we we'll do pork and. Um, um, they'll they'll have a ham as well and and a turkey, but uh, a lot of the guy, uh, most mostly everyone goes for um, some pork and those rice and beans. Sounds great, and sounds like uh, it's going to be a, a very thankful Thanksgiving around uh, your household. Nick, really appreciate you joining us. Congratulations, and look forward to seeing you out at spring training uh, in February. Yeah, thanks, guys. Happy Thanksgiving to you guys, and yeah, I look forward to to catching up again. You too, buddy. Appreciate it. Nick Martinez, Padres pitcher on our Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad fan hotline. Save money the right way with Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad. Visit them today in the Carlsbad Auto Mall. Chevrolet find new roads. Got me fired up, man. Did you hear that? I just want a ring. Whatever you have to do to, to get me a ring to put on that finger, that's all I want. I'm like, yeah. When I, you asked him, you know, when does the work start? When I called him 20 minutes ago or whatever. <laughs> hey, Nick, how you doing? It's Paul. Is now a good time? He goes, yeah, actually just got out of the gym, so... Now it's perfect. He took a week off between the season and and back in the gym. Now the season ended, and I've taken the entire. I took most of the season off from the gym as well. You know that's a little unusual. I hold on to that thought. We'll come back and, and a team just full of guys just, like just a little, little bit. Got to catch up with the check of traffic here on ninety seven three The Fan. In this hour on ninety seven three The Fan, brought to you by Cal Hope for free mental health help. Visit calhope.org. As a fan, you love hearing. Your players just fired up to get back to work, back in the gym, getting better every single day. I do think as a pitcher for in Major League Baseball, there is something to be said for taking a little time and yeah. an off season and recovering. Week. Yeah, he took a week. <laughs> Go ahead, take take two, two and a half, you know, no, in the off season we, at some we, point. People know their bodies and these guys are finely tuned athletes. They know exactly what they need. And he said, you know, I used to take this much time off of throwing and then I it was harder for me to get it back. Yeah. I think um, you know, I, and that's trial and error. I mean, it's 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 trial and error I, it, all the way through. So I think he probably has a pretty good idea now of what he needs to do to be successful. But one thing I don't think any of us will ever truly understand. Think about what a grind it is to cover a baseball season for 162 games. I cannot imagine the daily grind every day that those guys go through. And it's not just during the season. It's now. The dude just got out of the gym. I mean... You cannot get to August and go, I've got no legs left. My arm's killing me. Like, it, I can't even imagine the work that goes into it. It's interesting because you're right. You, when you say there's a trial and error that yeah. goes on in the offseason for athletes, like what, what should I do is the best way to get ready for the season. For baseball players, though, it also changes as your role and career change. When you're a young player and you're fighting to make a roster, you really want to be dialed in pretty much day one of spring training because you got to impress someone sure. you're trying to fight for a roster spot you want to make it to the big leagues you want to dominate the cactus league when you get later in your career you're a veteran you don't necessarily want to be ramped up in february you're trying to save some of those bullets for later in the season so you'll come in and you'll take your time you can give up four or five runs in your first couple of starts doesn't matter as much and i think nick martinez is going to be more comfortable going into this spring. I think so too. I mean, like he said, man, it does. What's the what's the saying? It's um, easy to get to the mountaintop. It's hard to stay there. 
And I think, you know, that's not a guy I worry about. Now, he, he could go out, Benny, and pitch terribly his first month um, because that's just what happens. It has nothing to do with he didn't get the big contract and now got lazy. Like, clearly, there's a work ethic there. You don't get to be where he is and go through everything he's been through without having a really, really strong work ethic. So um, I, I'm, I'm so happy he's back. I was nervous he was going to leave. Sounded like even he was nervous. Because you can overplay your leverage. You can absolutely say, no, no, I'm, I'm opting out. And, and the Padres could 100% have said, okay, great, good luck. Good luck. Have fun playing in Milwaukee or have fun playing in St. Louis or wherever else. And you're like, like oh, wait, wait, but on, I really wait, wanted wait, wait, wait. to come yeah. back. I really <laughs> wanted to be a Padre. And, uh, you know, so to hear him say throughout that process, he was a little nervous because it was his first priority. As a Padre fan, that's what you love to hear. But I I fully expect Nick Martinez to, to be part of the Padre starting rotation. Sure. Yeah. To at least start the season. I mean, unless there's, you know, unless they had Corbin Burns and Kodai Senga in the next couple of weeks, they, they just need starting pitching. And right now, Nick Martinez looks like the best bet uh, to join the big three that they already have coming back next year. Yeah, no doubt. And I, I feel massively comfortable with him in that role. And and I, I did love to hear him say, you know, look, he's got the contract now, so the the Padres can 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 do what they see fit and what he sees fit for himself. And um, you're not. I think he's still going to be amenable, and like to hear him say, "Yeah, I'm still amenable to do whatever they need me to do to get a World Series ring." That's the attitude you have to have. And they wrote it into the contract with yeah. different different incentives that it doesn't matter if he's starting or leaving; he can still make those. Yep. But clearly, starting is the first option for Nick Martinez. All right, you can listen to 97.3 The Fan, thousands of other stations, plus millions of podcasts for free on the Odyssey app. Little update to that breaking uh, NFL news from earlier: Adam Schefter says the Jets have now named Mike White. To start Sunday at quarterback against the Chicago Bears. Wow. The much heralded, famous Mike White has supplanted Zach Wilson as the starting quarterback for the New York Jets, at least this week. Okay. And it's not like the Jets, I mean, this wouldn't be that much of a story if the Jets were three and seven, but they're six and four, right? Yeah, they're I in mean, the hunt. They are, they're certainly a team that's in the playoff picture. So when you. When you're in a playoff picture and you, you bench your quarterback, you go with a backup. Pretty big story. It's a huge story. In football. It really is. All right, we'll come back. Uh, the Rindle Report to kick off our 9 o'clock hour. Pauly has found, <laughs> if you listen, have listened to the radio at all over the last, oh, I don't know, 20 years. You're going to enjoy this audio. I think you're going to find our audio in the Rindle Report to be quite delightful. I'm I know so we did. I'm so riveted by the Coming up thing. next on 97.3 The Fan.